0: welcome back to the from the sidelines podcast i'm wade Evanson. i'm here with austin white andy Dekoff, and tanner russ and we are again going to talk about what's happening as fall high school playoffs and, and in some cases uh continue uh, volleyball cross country both wrapped up last weekend soccer is wrapping up this coming weekend and football is kind of into the in the thick of it so uh, we will do that and we will start today with headlines what we all kind of saw what we have on our sites and what's kind of going on in our areas if you guys want I can start um I had a lot going on last week we have uh obviously I was at the state volleyball tournament where I saw Jesuit lose which I don't think anybody predicted or saw coming so we've got an article on on how Sheldon just simply outplayed them I I didn't there wasn't any any trick to it there wasn't any um you know it wasn't jesuit you know beating themselves they just got beat sheldon was just a better volleyball team than they were and i don't think anybody would argue that after watching a couple a couple or really the first i would say two maybe three sets i think that fourth set was kind of foregone at that point but i watched jesuit uh unfortunately for them finish second which is still pretty good i also had some stuff on my side about state cross-country meet where jesuit boys and girls swept the team competitions and jesuit's jacob nino won the boys individual title I also have uh, various football coverage. Jesuit boys beat up on, on uh, who they beat up on. Tiger, beat up on Tiger. And uh, when I say beat up, they beat up on Tiger. It was tough game for the Tigers. More, more kind of Jesuit just kind of pounding it at them. And the weather was atrocious. We'll probably touch on that as we if we get into the football playoffs a little more, little deeper later on. But then I also, uh, banks did what they kind of I expected them to do against sisters. I know. Uh, one of you guys, I think Tanner tried to tried to throw sisters into the mix on that one. Um, I did not. Uh, Banks kind of put the wood to sisters. So uh, they move on to play Sandy. M am Christian this weekend. And then in soccer playoffs, actually, I put two articles up last night. The semifinals and both the boys and girls wrapped up in the six, a Jesuit girls beat to Walton, one nothing in overtime. And the Westview boys beat Aloha uh, in the in the uh one semifinal, while the Jesuit boys really dismantled Gresham six to one so you can find that on uh any of the Washington County sites uh wrap up the soccer playoffs volleyball and cross country who's next
1: I could pop in hey. there because not too much going on actually in the city of Portland really uh most you know no one no volleyball teams were hanging around uh Biggest note was probably cross-country, but uh, the biggest note was Lincoln. Boys and girls both took second place. Uh, Sammy Anderson on the boys' side. I believe he finished, might have been third or fourth. Uh, and the top girl out of Portland on, was Ella McGillis from Central Catholic, who took second. Uh, leader for Lincoln, though, on the girls' side was uh, Kira Savidra. Uh, just, you know, that, it's one of the PIL's good sports, you know, Wells was close up there. Franklin uh, Boys ended up taking fourth, uh, which was kind of crazy because their top finisher I believe took 22nd. So just kind of a lot of Franklin Boys just huddled up together, got him a got him a trophy. So yeah, cross country and you know we've got tons of photos from uh, our guy Raleigh Emerson. If you want to check that out on the website, absolutely did a great job. Over 250 photos on there. So. If you know someone who ran at state cross country in our area, there's a a good chance we got a shot. Um, So go check that out. Uh, Like I said, volleyball-wise, nothing. Uh, Football was actually, (laughs) it wasn't fun to be there, as Wade said in in the rain. Uh, It it was the same in Portland, just downpour and not fun. And my notes were, I'm shocked that they stayed alive for me to read. But uh, I saw Jefferson play McMinnville in the first round of the Columbia Cup, uh, mostly because I knew Central Catholic. Would dominate and they did. South Medford uh, Jefferson won 18 to nine over McMinnville, which is Jefferson's first playoff win in 12 years and their first in 22 years in the highest classification. Uh, back in 2000, they won in in 4A, but back then 4A was uh, the highest classification. So yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff for Jefferson too. I mean, I don't know how closely folks follow the news, but a couple weeks ago there was. Uh, a shooting that hurt a couple of kids outside of jefferson so just kind of a really good moment for the whole community really to have this kind of team to rally behind and they're going to have another home game this week against north salem so uh and soccer you know it's it was a really tough week last week for portland soccer uh, everyone lost at some point uh, you know the grant boys lost to westview grant girls lost to lincoln and then the lincoln girls lost to west lynn uh, Cleveland girls had to run into the juggernaut of Jesuit and they lost three to zero. Central Catholic also played Jesuit and lost three to zero. All that one was a lot closer than that score indicates. Uh, yeah. And then Riverdale last, uh, yesterday afternoon, Tuesday, three seed host and seven seed McLaughlin, and they got beat as well. Three zero. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough soccer scene in Portland this year. No one's going to a state title game. Uh, Meanwhile, Wade is hogging all the soccer teams for us, and Andy's got a couple. But, yeah, it's just just Jefferson and Central Catholic football still alive over here.
2: Yeah, for me over here uh, in the south zone or the, uh, the Clackamas County area, uh, did get two soccer teams qualifying for the state championships last night. Um, Wilsonville went out and did it on the road. They went to a super snowy, uh, Summit High School where it was just blizzarding throughout the game uh, they ended up winning that one in penalty kicks um, just pretty pretty cool and um, you know they're the number seven seed and they've gotten consecutive wins on the road over number two Thurston and number three Summit uh, to get into to get back to I should say the state championship uh, after winning it last year so Wilsonville will actually surprisingly as the seven seed be the higher seeded team in the 5A girls final uh, as number eight Crescent Valley my longtime rival school as I grew up in Corvallis Uh, they they also qualified there on kind of an upset run so should be a fun one between Wilsonville and CV in the 5A final. The semifinal game I was in person for last night was uh, West Lynn beating Lake Oswego. Uh, they got, only needed one goal; it was a 1-0 match, and uh, Kate Sheldon got that pretty early on. And then the West uh, Lynn defense uh, just buckled down. They cleared stuff out. They they got a great performance out of the their goalie uh, Kira Jeffrey. Uh, just Solid performance all around, and Westland still hasn't lost this year. I mean, I know the Jesuit girls are super, uh, super good, like nationally good. Um, But, you know, this Westland team, they're going for an undefeated season. They're going for their first state championship in school history. Uh, you know, could be a team of destiny out there. We'll see. Uh, back in the world of cross country and volleyball, I had a, Lake Oswego sophomore Anna Peters uh, won the state championship at the 6A level. So congrats to Anna on her gold there. Um, Down in the 5A boys race, actually had three of the top five finishers from my zone. Uh, That includes Logan Law of Milwaukee, the silver medalist, and Carter Cutting and Mason Weisgerber from Wilsonville, who were third and fifth, respectively, to lead their team to a silver medal. So super good running uh, kind of right at the top of my uh, my coverage zone here with Anna Peters, Logan Law, and the Wilsonville boys. Um, to Volleyball had a few placing teams as well. Uh, Wilsonville kind of expected them to come in and win a state championship. It didn't quite go to plan. Uh, as Bend jumped in and sort of ruined things in the semifinals, but Wilsonville bounced back and got a uh, third place trophy, which is nothing to sneeze at at all. Uh, another third place trophy went to Nelson at the 6A level. Super fun team to watch. That was I saw their quarterfinal match against Oregon City. I saw their semifinal match against uh, Jesuit, where they took the Crusaders all the way, you know, to the to the as far as they could take them. And, uh, you know, eventually lost in five sets. But that Nelson team was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and Oregon City bounced back from their quarterfinal loss against Nelson to take fourth at State. So pretty good uh, performances there all around. LaSalle Prep was in the quarterfinals uh, in volleyball. Didn't go their way, though, as they uh, they went 0-2 there and didn't end up taking a place. But, um you know overall pretty pretty solid showing on the volleyball side for for my teams and uh, North Clackamas Christian I almost forgot cuz uh Tanner was out there covering them for me instead of uh me being out in Redmond but North Clackamas Christian also made it to the 4th 6th place game uh where I believe they fell and ended up taking 6th place so pretty again pretty solid showing uh from a decent amount of quarterfinal teams in my zone I didn't actually see football last week. Um, you know, everybody else is talking about their, their crazy days in the rain. I was, I spent Friday night in Forest Grove until almost, you know, 1130 or something like that. So I was dry. Um, so <laughs> I don't have the same uh, football stories that everybody else does from this week. Ooh.
3: <laughs> yeah. Glad I didn't have to be in the rain for that. <clears throat> um, I was down in Redmond covering 1A, 2A volleyball, um, for the Pamplin Media Group schools that got down there. Um, I saw Damascus Christian finish their season a incredible 36-0. and 0. Um, They rallied to be last year's 1A state champion, North Douglas, 3-2, to two, um, and just looked just super shell-shocked um, in the first two sets. Like, North Douglas was really taking it to them. Um, and then I spoke with their coach, uh, Emily Russo after the, um, match and she was just like, yeah, I just told them between sets two and three that they'd been there before and that they knew how to, they knew how to win and to just play Damascus Christian volleyball. Um, so they did that. They, you know, won the next three sets. Um, uh, it looked very impressive. The only, the only unbeaten volleyball team left at any level of this state. Um, and so That story uh, is on, where's Damascus Christian? It's going to be on the Gresham Outlook website, so um, go check that out. Uh, And then Andy's right. I also caught up with the North Clackamas Christian folks. Um, I spoke with their coach after uh, the quarterfinal loss to Rogue Valley Adventist. Um, They kind of had a tough break. Um, Callie Drance felt their... Arguably, their best player um, went down in second or third set, I think, with, like, an apparent ankle injury. Like, she limped off under her own power, but I think her her weekend was done. And they, um, you know, just really needed her against the Hawks and couldn't pull it out, so they ended up taking sixth. Um, Was the other school? Oh, covered St. Paul. Um, They beat Powder Valley in the first round of that. Um, Wound up losing to North Douglas in the – semifinals um but rebounded nicely against that that same rogue valley at this team won three to one and kind of rallied in the fourth set to win 30 28 um and and close things out to take third um so st paul you know not championship material this year um but you know they made a run of it they i spoke with coach leslie heller afterwards and she was super proud of the way her girls competed at the you know at the very end when um you know, their their championship goal was out of reach, but they, they still uh you know, summoned uh, summoned that pride and, and sent their seniors off with a win, so they're happy with that. And then up at two A, the only the only pamphlet school um that got to the two A bracket was um was Gaston, which wait, remind me what newspaper and website that's gonna be in. Um in the Forest Grove News Times website. Right. Forest Grove. Um news times gaston did pretty good like all things considered like they beat stanfield 3-2 it's a pretty good stanfield team um they i spoke with their coach charity hall who i think class of like like 2017 or 18 from gaston high um she was just like a ray of positivity on that bench and like you know kept them from from getting down when when stanfield would pick up extra sets on them but um you know they played well. Uh, they ended up taking fifth place. They lost to Monroe in the semifinals, and then um, Culver came out of came out of uh, Central Oregon to win that third place, three uh, one uh, over Gaston. But um, you know, Gaston finishes the season twenty one and five. You know, all things considered, pretty good. They only lost to two two way teams right there at the very end of the year. So, I think it should be considered a win for them. Um, And then, yeah, Austin said it. Um, Andy and Wade are hogging soccer teams this week um, that are going to be competing in, you know, finals matches. Uh, Woodburn boys and girls ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs to Park Rose and Wilsonville, respectively. Um, That Park Rose lost for the Woodburn boys. uh, Wild upset. Um, This was a team that was eyeing a championship um, basically from jump and the fact that they didn't make it out of the first round, something that hadn't happened in, I think, over 12 years. Um, uh, pretty pretty shocking. Um, and then just yesterday, uh, North Marian boys traveled out to Ontario, made the long drive to the Idaho border, and lost 1-0 to Ontario. Um, not, I mean, just looking at records, it's not the most surprising thing, you know. North Marion 8-5-5 five, and five overall, Ontario 13-1, and one. but North Marion coming off of a really nice upset of number one state in 3-2, um, just kind of surprising the Huskies didn't make the finals in that bracket. And then um, the girls traveled down to Marist Catholic, uh, lost 2-0 on, last night. Um, just a, a real rough way to, to end the season for them we came off of a couple of really good wins over uh, Pendleton and scapoose and, you know, um, nothing to hang their head about, hang their head about. Uh, it's they finished with a record of 12, three and one. It's just tough because tough this was about where they finished last year as well. So um, it's, yeah, I'll be, I'll be catching up with both coaches um, ideally later this afternoon. So, uh look for more
0: on the Woodburn independent websites. All right, there you have it. Headlines. Shocking, not so shocking. Uh I don't think I don't think anything shocked me this last week, to be honest. Um if we want to get talk about football predictions. Did anybody take a beating in their predictions? I know Tanner is still shaking the cobwebs on his predictions from last week. Um, as far as it's what he, picked, it's what he picked and what he didn't I don't, I think I haven't really gone in depth in my predictions as far as like who got beat. I did lose a couple of teams, I think. Actually, maybe not. I might be, I might be clean on my, uh, uh, my Columbia Cup picks took a hit. And my big, uh, I think all of our, uh, I think we were, we were our consensus on who's, we had our big upset teams. One of them took a beating. I forget who it was. Oh, Nelson uh the yeah. mighty nelson the mighty nelson team that i think we uh we were all hyped about uh, not only beating mountainside but i think somebody may have predicted nelson to like win the state championship or something what, Yeah, what was wasn't that oh <laughs> well, that, that was tanner that, that sounds that like tanner. something i have picked yeah yeah unfortunately if those for those are that uh, aren't aware nelson they lost and they lost uh Handily, I believe, the mountainside, like 35, nothing or something. Almost or 31 or 35 or nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So Wait, uh,
1: before we get football, we got to learn who Andy is.
2: That's true.
0: Oh, that's right. I take it. Yeah. I, 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 I apologize. We're going to wrap up our, <laughs> our introductions this week. Uh, yeah. We went through my, myself and Austin and Tanner. So this week uh, Andy is going to tell us who he is and what made him who he is. Andy, take it away.
2: Well, I don't know if I can answer the what made me who I am question, but, uh, you know, we try to figure that out every day. Um, Yeah, so I am pretty much a lifelong Oregonian. Um, I do have the unfortunate circumstance of being born in California, but I only lived there for four months before my family moved up to Oregon. I grew up in Corvallis and went to Corvallis High School. Um, which will explain my my rivalry comment about Crescent Valley from earlier in the uh, in in the show. Um, yeah, I I went up to Portland State and graduated from Portland State with a bachelor's degree in applied linguistics and a master's degree in uh, teaching English to speakers of other languages. Took that to uh, China, where I was in the Peace Corps for two years uh, teaching English, I ended up, I was a teacher for about five years total, Um, and the whole time I was kind of writing about sports on the side, uh, mostly about college basketball, and as I kept doing it, I realized that the sports writing thing was the one that I loved, and not so much the teaching. Um, Eventually kept working uh, with a website called heatcheckcbb.com, where I kept, you know, working on my writing skills and things like that and eventually there was an opening uh in pamplin where they were looking for a sports reporter to go out to madras little tiny madras and uh cover the the white buffaloes and the culver bulldogs out there um so i jumped at that opportunity and thankfully pamplin gave me a chance to uh Get some real journalism experience here, and I think it's worked out really well. So I spent a year um, out in Madras covering some 4A and 2A sports, and I was helping out with the Prineville uh, newspaper we have out there, too, the Central Oregonian Um so yeah, I mean, it was it was a really fun experience. <laughs> it was a very uh, strange experience sometimes because I am not a Central Oregon person. Uh, the snow was something that was brand new for me, and dealing with the mountain passes and all that good stuff. Uh, so I can't lie; I'm a little happy, at least you know, regarding the weather and and the uh, the climate to be back over here on the uh, on the west side of the mountains. Uh, so I've started up in the clackamas county area at uh, just this fall and i'm covering schools in lake oswego West Lynn, wilsonville clackamas gladstone happy valley milwaukee and oregon city so you know it's a pretty big covered zone it's uh it's a lot of fun though um i really enjoy seeing these teams um competing at you know the highest levels of the sport um and after being in a really small community where I was covering one or two schools really intimately, getting a broader look at kind of the statewide picture uh, has definitely been uh, an interesting experience so far. It's been a little tough. I won't lie. You know, it's it's a a lot of teams to cover, but it's been a lot of fun kind of seeing all of these new locales, these new schools, you know, different schools, different stadiums, kind of having to throw in, the uh you know the directions into the map every single time i leave it seems like because i'm going to a new place or you know what it is but it's been really fun so far and i'm looking forward to getting to know these teams these schools even better over the next couple of years
0: well somebody who's been in the area a long time i'm you're 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 it's it's cool to be kind of be thrown into the mix like uh i know it's like when you talk about learning the new schools you learn the new coaches you learn the athletic director's get to it really is kind of a good way to kind of learn the area in general especially with the history you know when you're reporting on these schools they'll tell you frequently i think they'll remind you in some cases that uh, about something you don't know about how the fact that they may have been to a state semifinal last year how dare you suggest that you know this is a program changing moment for us to make it to the semifinals. <laughs> you know, things like that. So uh it's 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 always I think it's interesting when you you go to cover new schools and meet new coaches um from that perspective alone.
2: Yeah, definitely. No, I've been enjoying that a lot. Um like I said, you know, it's it's a lot. i going I went from about two schools to twelve or so. Um so big bump up in terms of who i'm covering uh, and how many teams i'm covering but it's a lot of fun and honestly you know (laughs) i've done a lot of jobs in my life and uh, i enjoy this one the most so yeah i I am very happy with how i got here and uh with where i'm at
0: well on that note let's get into the football we uh did anybody see anything that shocked him last week i know from my perspective, I went to the Jesuit Tiger game. I saw pretty much what I expected to see, which was Jesuit win forty-two to six. But outside of you know, I I don't think I saw anything that really shocked me last week. Off the top of my head, did any so especially in the in the state championship yeah. bracket? It pretty much it went chalked, didn't it?
2: For the sixth A?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 6-8, yeah, 6 a. is literally went chalk.
2: Um, if I had to pick anything shock, I mean, I don't know that it's shocking because Lake Oswego is a good team, but they bounced back. You know, they lost to Lake Ridge the week before um, for the first time in, you know, almost a decade. Um, and they had, you know, a bunch of turnovers and stuff. Anyway, in the rain, they came out and their quarterback was 18 of 20. Um, And, you know, they were one of the few teams that had like passing touchdowns last week. Everybody else seemed to be running the ball a ton. Um, Oregon City's Marcus Jordan had like almost 350 yards and three touchdowns because they only ran the ball all game. Uh, But Lake Oswego bouncing back to, uh, you know, have a really nice passing game and to beat North Medford. I mean, it wasn't an upset or anything like that, but I think just kind of the way that they did it was... Uh, an impressive performance, I don't know that I'd say shocking, but it was impressive, I didn't see it in person um, I think if I had to pick anything shocking from my zone, it would be Gladstone down in 4A uh, Pulling off a major upset of Marist Catholic uh, in the first round uh, 14 over 3 upset, they were down 20-7 to seven at halftime Shut out the Spartans in the second half Um Just pretty cool to see gladstone go down there and beat a program of that caliber um and and, you know so they're still alive and they will be going out to tillamook with a chance to go to the semifinals now which was not really expected i think last week i kind of chuckled and said good luck gladstone and that was basically my uh my thought going into the game and uh boy here i am Thinking, I definitely undersold that team. So, congrats to Gladstone. I'd say that was the most shocking thing, um, at least in my in my zone last week for football.
3: I will throw in there that the most shocking thing for me, just looking at like both six A brackets, where um, I only had one team. I think wasn't the idea of having the Columbia Cup um, bracket to create more parity. And then across both the Columbia Cup and the championship uh, bracket, only one upset, um, where North Salem beat Newberg, um, 34 to 14. Phil Hawkins wrote about it. It's on the Newburgh Graphic website. Go check that out. But, um, and like most of these games, were not close games. Like, uh, I think the closest one was that Lake Oswego North Medford game. Like. It was like a 15 point differential, uh, and everything else was a chalk blowout, apart from that North Salem-Newberg game. Like, I don't know. Like, if this is if this is what parity looks like, we might just go back to that 32 team bracket. You know what I mean? That's, hey, that's Jefferson not,
2: only that's, beat that's, McMinnville by nine. Just yeah, for the record.
3: My apologies. Yeah. yeah,
2: and,
1: and well, Clackamas beat Roosevelt, which was 25 over 24. If you really want to count that as an upset, but yeah, no Tanner. I mean, you, that's what I was gonna say too. Was I don't know if it's shocking, but we created these new 6A brackets to hopefully give us better matchups, and it's more of the same. It's pretty much the same first round. I mean, we're I guess we're gonna get to the better matchups quicker, but it's it's the same. Uh, there's and it's just I don't you could some might label it an issue, but there's just a clear higher crop in 6A. There's clear distinct programs that are just a step above, and this different bracket isn't going to change much.
0: Well, these are still
1: the same 18s primarily that we're going to see year in, year out.
0: I think the difference, though, is that when it it comes to the Columbia Cup is that, yeah, you still had blowouts in the first round of that bracket as well, but those teams are still playing, right? Like, a lot of those teams wouldn't be playing anymore, and I think that was kind of the idea, too, is that they wanted to allow teams to have make deeper runs. So a team like Liberty, who, you know, is still alive in the Columbia Cup after beating whoever they be, Reynolds thirty five nothing I believe, you know they they are still alive. A team like Jefferson is still alive. A team like North Salem is still playing football. You know those teams wouldn't be playing football right now if if they played the old bracket because they would have played somebody in the top ten and they would have gotten rolled. You know Westview wow. same way. I mean even though they're eighteen and they're a competitive team, you know they would have played a fifteen, which you know maybe they win that game I guess. But like you know Sprague moving on. You know it's it's I think that's kind of one of the goals of the Columbia Cup, which I guess they met. But sure, I mean, it's still. I know from a selfish perspective, I'd love to just see good games. And the fact is, there just weren't too many good games last week. And I think in a lot of cases, in the, in the state championship bracket, it was still somewhat predictable, right? You know, you get down. If you look at the if the at the the games this week in the 6A state championship bracket, I mean, those are the eight teams. Like those are the teams that you almost would have bet were going to be there in the quarterfinals. And In a lot of cases, well, if I go back and look at that now, like, I think those games feel somewhat predictable as well. Like, I don't – I'm looking at that bracket right now, and outside Mm -hmm. of – I mean, I think Central Catholic Jesuit could be a bit of a toss-up. But, I mean, Westland, they should roll Sherwood. Um, I think Tualton will beat Mountainside, and I – I I mean, I – That actually could be an okay game, I think. Um, And then Sheldon, by all accounts, should probably beat up on Lake Oswego, but maybe not. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But I I do think that we kind of, this is where where we were going to be, you know, weeks ago, uh, at least in the state championship bracket.
2: I think the thing that kind of hurts some of these teams, though, you look at a team like Nelson, who you know, goes seven and two, they They're second place in their, in their conference, you know, they have this awesome season and their, re, their reward is not to host a first round game that they're projected to win, but instead to go on the road, um, you know, in the first round and play. So while it's, it's nice that teams like, you know, Oregon city or Clackamas or, you know, these other teams that made it to the second round of the Columbia cup, you know, it's nice that they're still playing and that they got to host a playoff game, but it does sort of, you know, it it hurts for these teams that were better than those teams all year long and got a worse postseason prize, I guess, out of it. Now, to be fair, they did have a chance to play for the actual state championship, so you know, and and they were going to have to beat one of these good teams eventually to get there. So I I'm not saying that like. This ruined it, and Nelson would have won us, you know, state title necessarily. But it does take away that one week of uh, good feelings, and you know, and hosting, hosting a playoff game is a big deal. Uh, and so, you know, these teams that performed better during the regular season, which you know you kind of think is what you're supposed to do to get better prizes in the postseason, um, didn't quite work out that way, you know. Oregon City hosted one, will host another playoff game now, whereas Nelson, who had, you know, the better season, goes on the road in the first round, loses, and now they're done. So, you know, it's good for some teams, bad for others. It's 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 rough. I, I'm not sure that there is one answer. In a tournament when you're eliminating teams or, you know, sending teams on the road or whatever, you're going to have 16 teams that are not super happy and 16 that are pretty happy after the first round um so i guess it's just kind of figuring out which of those 16 you are uh comfortable making making less happy
1: yeah i mean there's there's certainly pros and cons and like wade said the biggest pro is these programs like it like a jefferson they got to host they're gonna host again like that wouldn't have happened uh if they're the 20 seed they would have ended up playing tigered at Tigered. and uh, I don't think Jefferson wins that game <laughs> uh, but does do these pros outweigh the cons though like of a, a potentially better system that that I'm not sure I'm sold on so far that this is the best system that we could have in place when we're still getting you know the predictable eight and almost a predictable four here so uh, it's it's year one we'll, we can continue to see what happens but I don't know i think first year is mixed results so far after looking at that first round
0: well and i'd be i'd be curious to know what you know if you really broke it down i mean that weather last week was absolutely horrific um i mean it was it was a a, a windy driving rain the entirety of the game i at jesuit for sure and everybody that i've talked to who was at a game last friday night experienced the same thing it wasn't cold which was it was the only upside but But outside of that, I mean, you couldn't – I mean, talking about throwing the football, good luck last week. The only – I mean, the most impressive thing I saw last week, to be honest, at the Jesuit game, was their field goal kicker kicking a 37-yard field goal dead into the wind um, and making it, and then the same guy turning around and making a 49-yarder in the second half with the wind. Um, So, you know, that's a bad football game when that was the most impressive thing I saw. But – um, and that's not a knock on Jesuit because they really just rammed it down Tiger's throat, but you couldn't throw the football. I mean, I, those guys, most of those quarterbacks, uh, even when I was at Banks, you know, when I watched Banks for, you know, a quarter against Sisters, these these quarterbacks looked like they were literally like the ball was just laying in their hand when they threw it. It's almost like they were shot putting it because they couldn't grip the ball. And, you know, that's, I don't know if that would if that played any role in maybe some of the, the, you know the 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 manner in which these teams were losing. I don't know. Maybe maybe you have a better. Some of these teams had a better chance of hanging in, and throwing the football around. I don't know. But um, the, I mean, talking about shocking things, that was the that was the most shocking thing of last weekend was that that weather. I mean, it was yeah. it was just it was just terrible.
1: Yeah, f- funny enough, two of Jefferson's three touchdowns were passing touchdowns. <laughs> but well, one was just like, a me-
0: little like seven yard
1: curl like right there, and the other one, the kid. This was probably the most impressive thing I saw was. Jefferson quarterback Brave Johnson rolled all the way out to the right, uh, and then he threw across the field all the way to his left to uh, the Marion Gates, who caught it, and he ran the 35 yards pretty much. I mean, the impressive throw was just throwing it across the field. Uh, But, yeah, two passing touchdowns for Jefferson, which was shocking.
0: Yeah, I think Banks threw the ball 13 times in their game. I think their quarterback was 10 for 13 for like 164 yards, but Mm -hmm. I noticed that like seven of the 10 passes went to their tight end. So I'm guessing those were like, you know, quick outs, you know, roll out type situations. Uh, but then again, they had to throw it, they had to catch it. So, uh, you know, I, I just don't think, I don't, I would like to know who, if anybody threw the ball more than 20 times in their game last week. I mean, I, I, it seems Andy, unlikely.
3: Andy sent a box score into one of the group chats where it was a single attempted pass that was not completed. And then... yeah. Like, nothing but run play. Who was that? What what's... That was
2: Oregon City. Okay. Uh, Oregon City in their huge win over uh, Ida B. Wells. They ran the ball, I think it was, you know, close to like 35 times for like 400 yards um, and five touchdowns. But yeah, one pass attempt from sophomore Ben Schneider. I don't know when that came, uh, whether it was early and they said, OK, nope, screw this. We're not we're not doing that. Or if it was, you know, like a heave at the end of a half or something. But um, yeah, just sticking it to the run game there. And for Oregon City, that's a great recipe because Marcus Jordan is arguably, you know, he's one of the top running backs in 6a this year so that worked out pretty nicely for them uh we'll see if they can keep it up when they play three rivers league foe lake ridge this week at uh, pioneer memorial stadium i'm planning to be there for that one so that should be exciting
0: you does you guys want to get into the game you're going to see this this week uh, i can start if you guys want i'm, I'm it looks like i'm going to see to mountainside which i touched on a little bit earlier and I, maybe i didn't give mountainside enough credit mountainside actually is 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 they have an, a, enough of a well-rounded ot- attack offensively to where I think they they they're capable of giving Tualatin a game. I I, I definitely don't want to sound like I think that they had no chance in that game. They do have a chance in that game, uh, but I think when push comes to shove, I think Tualatin's just a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger than Mountainside. and and you know being at home, I think that I mean I I if you know I I would take Tualatin if I had to in that game, but I am looking forward to seeing it because. Tualtons is a fun team to watch. They, they, you know, they can throw the ball around, they can run it. Uh, Luke Ash is a great runner. Um, Jack Wagner, you know, is 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 a division one quarterback. So they like to throw it. They've got a division one tight end. They've got a defensive line and an offensive line that can get pretty physical. So, you know, they're, they're, they're to me, a fun team to watch because they do a little bit of everything. Whereas, you know, I'm not, <laughs> this isn't a knock, but I'm just going to say it like, I don't enjoy really watching Jesuit football because it's, it's, they just, they just pounded at you, which, you know, from a football, you know, a, a nitty gritty football guy perspective, like that might be fun to watch, because it's really about the lines. And so they're going to beat you up front. And that's how they're going to beat you. And they're going to get the ball to Peyton Roth, you know, 20 plus times in the game. Um, and that guy's a big dude, and he's athletic. And if you can't match up with them, he's just going to run you over. And you know, it's not uncommon for him to have 150 yards in the first half. And games to be over but if you can't match them up front you can't beat them and that's to me that's just not exciting to watch now if it's a closer game maybe it is but I tend to whenever I see Jesuit play with the exception of Westland, it's just not they aren't close games they're not even competitive so by halftime you're really just kind of watching them do what they do which is you know beat you up in route to a win but uh you know more power to them but I I it to me it's more fun to watch a team like Tualatin which is why maybe Tualatin Monset will be a good game to watch
2: yeah, from my perspective, I've seen both. I watched both of those teams, Mountainside and Tualatin, at Lake Oswego. Um, Mountainside won and Tualatin didn't. So, you know, there's there's something for you if you want a little intrigue here. Uh, different points of the season, for sure. I also thought it was interesting. You know, you mentioned Tualatin has a D1 tight end. That D1 tight end is also the Three Rivers League Defensive Lineman of the Year. So, you know, pretty great two-way player there in Richie Anderson. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like I said, I'm going to be going to the Lake Ridge-Oregon City game um, in the Columbia Cup, so that'll be a a fun little Three Rivers League rematch. Uh, The first time those two teams played at Pioneer Memorial Stadium, Oregon City won on a little Philly special two-point conversion after coming back from two touchdowns down in the fourth quarter, uh, or in the second half. I'm not sure if they were both in the fourth quarter, but Regardless, it was a great game the first time. Uh it didn't go Lakeridge's way. I know that they are, you know, they were they were pretty upset that they didn't come away with that win. Uh so they'll definitely be motivated to get that one. I think there's some talk last week on this podcast about uh, you know, is Lakeridge gonna be motivated? Who knows? And uh, I'd say that 40-nothing victory over Sandy shows that they've got some motivation going for him right now. And when they play Oregon City again, especially, you know, like I said, it's a league rivalry. It's a, you know, a game that went poorly for Lake Ridge uh, when they played a few weeks ago. So I think Lake Ridge will be up for this one again. But that Oregon City team's looking really good, too. So we'll, we'll see. It'll be a fun one. And I... Honestly, don't really know what's going to happen in that. And and that's that's what you want when you go to a football game, right? You don't want to show up and know what the final score is going to be uh, before kickoff. And I think there are a few games uh, like that. It seems like anytime I show up to a Westland game outside of when they played Sheldon, it's uh, it's like that. So. Yeah, looking forward to that Lake Ridge, Oregon City game. Um, be keeping tabs on Wilsonville, Silverton in the 5A bracket, Gladstone, Tillamook in the 4A bracket. Um, let's see. I think Clackamas is playing at Liberty, and Lake Oswego going down to Sheldon. Uh, those are the other games in my zone. So should be some some interesting things going on here. We'll see if Gladstone can keep the dream alive.
0: Tanner, yeah. what are you gonna what are you gonna see?
3: Well, with um, Newburgh losing to North Salem in the first round of the Columbia Cup and Woodburn losing a close one at Tillamook in the 4A bracket, I've only got three teams left, and we're going to catch all three of them. Um, on Friday night, I'm going to go catch uh, St. Paul versus Perrydale. Um, St. Paul's last win was against Perrydale. They won, I think, 52-0 to and earned themselves a bye out of the – 1A eight-man first round and Perrydale shut out Camas Valley and now they get rewarded with uh with another matchup against the team that just thoroughly spanked them. Um, that is going to be Friday night at Bigmanville Stadium, so I'll be out there for that. Um, and then on Saturday I'm going to catch uh, Kennedy versus Vale. Um, both teams uh, put up. Forty plus on their first-round opponents. Um, vale coming in as the eighth seed, driving in from wherever the heck Vale is in Eastern Oregon. Um, I expect a Kennedy victory, but we're kind of getting to that point of the season where you know every team is pretty good and and nothing is like a given. Um, so I'll be there for that, and then so that's Saturday, and then Phil Hawkins who caught. Uh, Newburgh football last week he's going to be out in Colton to catch uh, Colton football hosting Gold Beach Um, should be another really good game Uh, that one at 2a so um, I got I will be at those places and then um, yeah I'll be keeping an eye on that on that Banks-St.A.M. Christian game as well Um, I think that'll be uh, that'll be an intriguing one an intriguing matchup for whoever comes out of Kennedy Vale, So
0: that's what I'll be doing. I'd love to watch that Banks-Saniam Christian game. Um, I'm that, I'm I'm really interested in, to see how that game goes, just because that's, I think, by far going to be the team's best team that Banks has played this year. And I know last week I predicted a Sandy Am Christian victory. Um, I feel less good about that right now, just because I was pretty impressed with how Banks handled their business in the first round. I don't know if that speaks more to what they do or are doing more than what Sisters didn't do. But, you know, I know Banks is, I know Banks will be prepared. I know Banks will be up for the game. And it is a quasi-home game for them. They're not playing it on their field, which is probably a swamp at this point after last week. But they're playing at Harefield in Hillsboro, So, um, you know, it's 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 a really interesting game that I really wish was being played at a different time so I could watch. Uh, but uh, I, too, will be keeping an eye on that as well. Austin, you're going to be watching uh, My Jesuit Crusaders uh this week.
1: I am. After you talking up how much fun it is to watch, uh I'll be seeing them. <laughs> but it's interesting it is interesting though hear you say that because, you know, if you look at Central Catholic, I feel like the one weakness for them could be line. Uh you know, they lost uh I'm trying to blank on his name, he went to Oregon. Uh he was a defensive lineman.
0: Marion uh, Winston.
1: Yes. Yeah. They lost him. You know, he graduated soft to Oregon. Uh, you know, that was a huge body on that line that defensively last year is what helped them win a state title. Uh, you know, they've got a number of guys that play both ways. Uh, if you've got to deal with a big Jesuit line pushing you all game, both sides of the ball, I mean, you might get wore down. Uh, so it's interesting to hear about Jesuit. You know, it could be a clash of just kind of two different styles working together to make us – Make us have a really good game here. You know, Jesuit might dominate a little bit on the run, but I think Central Catholic has the receivers and the quarterback and crew Newman that keep up with it. So, and you know, of course, obviously it's Jesuit Central Catholic holy war. um uh, Learned that's one of the more fun rivalries here in Oregon. Uh, it, it's going to be a blast. I think I'm really excited to see it because I couldn't catch it last year uh, when they played in the what was it? they play in the semifinals, right, Wade? Yeah, yeah, that. Following that game, I mean, that game was, became close, uh, straight, I saw one of the greatest high school catches I've ever seen on some instant replays, way down, I think you probably remember that, I think it was Central Catholic kid, he pretty much caught the ball, like, over the kid's back, or something oh, like on his right. helmet, yeah, I mean, right. just, iconic moment, probably the iconic moment of Central Catholic state title run, so, maybe there is another one in store here for the Rams, but, yeah, that'll be fun to watch, and, you know, obviously I'll be Keeping tabs on Jefferson, the Columbia Cup as well. That's an interesting matchup too because Jefferson's defense has been great all year. You know, granted they've had seven games against PIL schools, so the, the the points allowed I think is probably a little skewed in their favor having to play some of these PIL schools. But they have only allowed the they've allowed the third fewest points in 6A. So they've got a, a solid defense, a lot of athletes over there. Um, it's interesting because North Salem has this quarterback, uh, TC. I don't want to mess up his last name. Andy, I think said it last week. Go listen
2: to that.
1: <laughs> Mono There you go. You heard him say it. They got him. So it'll be interesting to see what Jefferson can do uh, to try to stop him if they can slow him down. You know, forecast this week. Oh my gosh. Sorry, my dog's barking. The forecast this week, though is a lot drier. So we'll see.
0: That's true. One thing we don't have to worry about this week is driving rainstorms because it's going to be, you know, probably upper 30s to 40 degrees on Friday night and dry. So it'll be actually good fall football weather. And we won't have to worry about rain, slippery footballs, shot puts, any of that that good stuff.
2: You guys had to worry about that last week? Sorry, I uh, I was covering volleyball.
0: So yeah, I don't know.
2: I, I guess I'll come out and cover uh, cover some football this week for you guys.
0: I think my pants are still wet uh, <laughs> from the knee down knees down from last Friday, going under and around and of my umbrella and off the ground. Uh yeah, good good times.
1: Let's chat soccer. We got some soccer. What do we think's gonna happen on Saturday?
0: Well, I know from my perspective and you know, the six perspective, obviously, you know, the Jesuit girls facing uh west lynn and andy touched on that earlier you know jesuit is the number one ranked team in the state they're you know depending on who you believe and what chart you look at they're you know they're ranked like in the top five in the country in high school girls soccer teams and you know they're fast they have um you know they have a lot of horsepower uh but they're also fairly young and you know if you muck the game up, I mean, Twalton mucked the game up pretty well last night. Took it to overtime. You know, zero zero to overtime, and then uh, Jesuit ended up getting a goal in a corner in the second second overtime period. You know, 95th minute, I think. So you know, it's not as if they're unbeatable. And especially in soccer, you know, you can you can things can happen, and you can you can like I say, you can kind of stack things, back things into the back end, and and clog things up, and and keep things low scoring. And if you can keep it close, the longer you can. You know, a lot of things can happen. And I know on the boys' side, watching Jesuit yesterday, you know, score five second-half goals against Gresham um, with four different I – and mean, they scored six goals, and they had four different guys score them. Actually, five different guys score them. So, you know, they, they – you know, usually Drew Peterson is their guy uh, who puts the ball in the net for them. But they, again, had five guys score goals yesterday, and they kind of prided themselves in that. So, you know, they looked off the good. Um, I do think that Gresham, you know, in some ways naturally just kind of, kind of broke. I think after the first quick goal of the second half, you know, they were down one nothing at halftime. Jesuit comes out scores like in the first minute or two, I think, of the second half, and I think that really kind of put them on their heels a bit. And it wasn't until later in the game, I think their coach touched on it with me afterwards, where he said it wasn't until they got down four or five to one where they 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 got kind of pissed off, and then. They kind of upped their game a bit. They got their one goal, and and it was a little more competitive over the last maybe 15 minutes. But but Judge looked pretty good, and they're gonna play uh, Metro faux Westview, who beat Aloha in overtime. So I think Westview is the number seven seed. You know, you'll have two teams that are really familiar with each other, having played already this year. And I know Westview, having watched them last week play Grant, and talking to them after the game, they were, you know, they're they're ready. I mean, they're. This was something that they kind of were were pointing towards even in their second round match. So, you know, they're not going to be, you know, shell shocked or, or, you know, intimidated in any way by the Jesuit team. So I'm I will be curious to see how that works out. So that, that from the six day perspective, that's that's what I can tell you. I mean, I, if I had to choose one or the other, I would take Jesuit girls and I'd probably take the Jesuit boys to win both. But who knows?
2: After watching that Westview team uh beat Lakeridge uh, at Lakeridge, I am uh, I am backing those guys. Uh, they they made believers out of me. They just there was no fight, uh or there there's no quit, sorry, in that team um to go into overtime, you know, on the road and to take two goals against that Lakeridge team. Uh, that was a really impressive win. Uh, from the Westview guys, and it looks like they did this kind of a similar thing against Aloha. Um, you know, they they got down, I, I believe, and then came back to win in overtime. So, um, yeah, just go go Westview, I guess. I, I like an upset, and you know, I don't have a dog in that fight really, so I'll uh, I'll go against you there, Wade, and I'll say Westview's gonna win on the boys' side. Uh, for West Lynn Jesuit girls, I do have a dog in that fight. Um, I'll say this about West Lynn. Um, They are a speedy team too, especially up top. They've got twin freshman sisters, Caitlin and Kylie Shrek. Um, They are very tiny, you know, physically uh, small players, but they are so quick. They are, they don't necessarily look like they belong on a high school field, especially when you see them against some of these really taller, bigger players. But, my gosh, they've got the skill. They definitely belong there. Um, and they they can just turn something, you know, out of nothing. The speed that they have um, can just kind of create goals. And that's kind of what happened yesterday. Uh, Kylie Schreck had the assist on Kate Sheldon's game-winning goal. And it was just sort of she outran the Lake Oswego defender to get in front of her and made a great pass up to to Sheldon. and. So, yeah, that speed on the West Lynn team could, you know, be a a difference maker in the 6 eight girls. Uh, 5A girls talked a little bit about the Wilsonville team making it there. Um, I like them to beat Crescent Valley, I mean, de- and to defend their title. Kenley Whitaker is one of the most impressive individual soccer players that I've watched this year. Um, and uh, that's a Wilsonville uh, junior, I believe. And... Yeah, I, I just think that Wilsonville is going to is going to do it. You know, they had struggles at the start of the year, but they figured it out. And clearly they are going through and they're they're beating teams that they're not supposed to beat right now, too, which is um which it's impressive. So let's keep that Wilsonville thing going. And uh, especially because the volleyball team fell a little short, it'd be good for the school to to get a state title there. A couple sad notes was in soccer, though. I did have uh, I thought I had two more teams maybe going to the state championship. The LaSalle Prep boys will not have a 3 threepeat. Um, after winning in 2019 and 2021, they lost to McKay last night. Um, they a lot. It was so sad. With just five seconds to go in regulation, McKay scored the equalizing goal uh, after LaSalle Prep had led the entire second half. Uh, you know, that sends it to overtime, just five seconds on the clock. Uh, and then McKay scores, I think, about six minutes into overtime to uh, go up two to one and beats LaSalle. So, you know, good good for McKay, obviously, you know, happy that they get to celebrate that. But just a, a, a rough way for LaSalle preps, uh, you know, the two-time defending state champions to go out. Uh, and then Gladstone, that girls' team, they went down to uh, Grant's Pass to play Hidden Valley. They took it all the way to penalty kicks, but it just did not go their way uh, in the shootout. Gladstone had a player hit the post. They had a players go over the crossbar wide of the post. It was just... In the driving rain, it just did not work out for them. And so it was sad to see Gladstone's season kind of end. It's always tough to watch teams lose on penalty kicks, you know. I don't know that there's necessarily a better way to do it, you know, to have them just play forever until somebody scores. But, um, you know, it's it's just always tough to see a team lose in that setting. So uh, we'll have Westland and Wilsonville in some soccer finals, but uh, I will not have... All four of the teams that I was hoping to see make it there.
0: Anyone else? Thoughts? Prayers? Predictions?
1: Tanner, give us a quick breakdown of eight-man. Is St. Paul going to win this thing? Because, you know, I've been following it all year, and I want to ask you, is anyone oh. going to beat St. Paul?
3: I mean, that's tough. Uh haven't seen St. Paul in person yet this year. Phil has been to a couple of their games. Um I think they're gonna be Perrydale. Um man, if they run into Crane in the next round, that'll be a tough one. That's a good school. Um You know what? Um I think I think they can do it. Um there's the favor the favorites in this in this uh quarterfinals are all really good but i think saint paul is just as qualified um to win that state championship as anybody else so i think so plus they're the number one like overall seed like you don't get that if you're not really stinking good um i think they i think they will that's my bold
0: claim or prediction they have it we ending on, ending that on the uh tanner's bold prediction that saint paul the number one ranked team and Eight man football is going to win the state championship. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is where you come for brave takes.
3: Remember that. Yeah.
0: So Wade, what do you also, hate this don't, week? Don't get too also, proud on that I limb. I
3: bravely predicted that Nelson was going to be in the state finals. So, like, bravery—I'm
0: all about it, brother. Like. Yeah, get down with your bad self. Wade, what do you hate this week? I hate my car. I hate my car and the battery that died in it last night in between the Jesuit girls and boys soccer games that kept me at Jesuit high school until 1130 p.m. last night uh, in the parking lots waiting for Cyrus from AAA to upsell me on a battery that I probably didn't need. And I paid twice as much for because he admittedly told me that that battery would be could be eighty five dollars at Costco. And I paid one hundred and eighty some dollars for it on the spot. So. I hate my car. Um, I'm not a fan of AAA. And Cyrus, I don't know. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. But um, he did take take $185 from my bank account. And he did so. Uh, I felt like he it was not mercil- mercifully. He he took it and he enjoyed it. So that's <laughs> what I hate. Uh,
2: Cyrus, come on, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just not, do the guy, not, not the guy from the, the Colt. 80s movie the warriors uh um, which i know <laughs> none of you have seen but if you have oh i
2: have uh
0: uh not that guy um because <laughs> in fact he is he passed away uh in shameful fashion in the movie the warriors so if you guys don't know what we're talking about go see the warriors um and it, the unintentional comedy in that movie is through the roof have all right, to check it out. I, all right. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it uh Anybody who's listening to our podcast, thank you. Uh, If you know anybody else who might enjoy us talking prep sports and uh, me about things I don't like, uh, send them our way because uh, we'll be doing this every week for the foreseeable future. On that note, thank you, everybody, for being here, and we will see everybody next week. Three, two, one.